As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hi guys, we hope you're well and healthy. As ever, we're going to really quickly run through this week's itinerary so you know exactly what we're going to be speaking about on this week's episode. We want to start out by uh, sending our regards and uh, our prayers and wishes to the loved ones of Lorenzo Sanz, who was the uh, former uh, Real Madrid president who died, uh, unfortunately, after contracting coronavirus. Um, and also to the many others who have uh, contracted the, the, the um, virus and, and passed away too. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families and the loved ones of those people. Uh, we had a very special guest on the episode this week in Mark Chapman, who is the host of Match of the Day 2. We spoke to him about his route into his current line of work and how he uh, navigated and managed to get to where he is today. We then uh, reviewed the season as uh, things currently stand and asked him about his team of the season as well as the managers and the players that have impressed him most. Um, And we also asked him about his thoughts on whether or not the deadline of June the 30th to finish the current season was a realistic, uh, realistic deadline. So stay tuned. Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As always, I'm your host Budge. Unfortunately, this time only joined by one of my two co-conspirators, uh, Dot. Uh, we've 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 um, adhered to the the rules <laughs> outlined by the government and and Deji's, uh, you know, uh, sticking to the social distancing. <laughs> now, to be honest, but we we all are um, sticking to the social distancing. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, I was in the um, supermarket earlier today because mm. I wanted to do some food shopping. And like I was lining up to to get my food, mm. and I saw some woman in front of me with around twelve eggs, yeah, twelve packets of eggs. And yeah, I'm like, what yeah, planet yeah. are you living on? Honestly, and, honestly, you know, she was curtailed, and at the till they said, no, you can only take three. But I just yeah. think. Come on, guys, man. Let's be generous to each other. Despite all of the warnings that have been put out as well, and the fact that you know there's been so many rallying calls for us to look out for one another and and and, and think about the next person, people still um, are adamant that they want to be so greedy and selfish. It's, 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 it's disappointing. It's, it's isn't crazy. It? It's crazy. Hundred percent, man. And we obviously just hope that um, you know us adhering to these um, these these guidelines are are certainly going to be for the better. And 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 me that we mean that we uh, speed up the process of us overcoming this this nasty virus man it's it's really just changed life as we know it really yeah. hasn't it yeah it's crazy man it's, it's crazy 
hopefully we just you know all need to stay strong and you know with time eventually we'll get better but the way it's looking it looks yeah. scary at the moment 100% man and also before we obviously move on we'll just uh, shout out to Dej uh, of course he would have loved to, to, to be here but you know we've, we've got to take these things seriously so so yeah shout out to him yeah shout out to the bro 100% and as we um, always say no matter what hap- happens rain, sleet, snow coronavirus we're still going to be putting out content we're still going to be providing our listeners who I'm sure are at, at home with not much to do uh, with, with, with things to entertain them so obviously we may not be able to be here physically uh, in the studio but whether it's conference calls uh, Skype calls voice calls. Uh, voice calls Google Hangouts I don't know what we're going to use <laughs> video calls but 100% man we're, we're going to make sure we're, that's that's our promise to our listeners that we're, we're not going to stop man 100% so of course uh, before we continue we are joined by a very very special guest and this one, as we always say, is going to be one that the, the listeners are 100% going to enjoy. Yeah, this is a, a very, very special guest. So our special guest that joins us um, via conference today is a, is indeed a very special guest. Um, he's really a gentleman that needs no in- introduction. <laughs> um, he um, is a broadcaster, journalist and corporate host. Uh, he's a football man through and through. Um, he's, a, he's a fan of uh, uh, Manchester United and, and Hull, but has a bit of a love affair with the NFL. Yeah. Um, uh, being a, a, a fan of the Chicago Bells um, uh, for the NFL. Um he will will have been known for loads of his work that he's done on on, on various platforms and channels, uh, BBC Radio 1, Radio 5 Live, uh, and the NFL show. But he will be most known to our listeners for the work that he's doing currently um, as host of this uh, very prestigious show. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, the, the show airing at the moment. Of course, uh, uh, the, the, the coronavirus has, has certainly come to uh, to rob us of our fun. Um, but even though we don't have uh, Match of the Day uh, 2 to watch this evening, we have the host of Match of the Day 2. But we also um, have the Ornstein and Chappers podcast. Of course, indeed. <laughs> How could I forget that? And so without further ado, we welcome Mark Chappers Chapman to the platform. Welcome, Mark. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Mark. You. Uh, I always, find that, I always find that a bit weird when people put my nickname in the middle of in the middle of my uh, first name and my surname. That always seems a little bit weird. But anyhow, hello, <laughs> welcome, 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 uh, uh, Mark. We really do appreciate you um, taking the time aside to uh, to, to join us on, on the platform. No problem at all. Um, really appreciate it. Right, so we're going to kick things off, um, and what we'd like to start off with, um, Mark, is just a bit about your career to date. Um, mm. And we often find whenever we speak to different journalists or people within uh, the sort of the broadcasting world, everyone tends to have a different route into into their line of work. There is no sort of one uh, uh, straight and direct career path. Um, and so yeah. with with that being said, we'd really like to uh, understand how you got into your line of work and, and where it all started for you. Well, actually, I think for anybody who wants to get into this line of work, the, the way you've set that up there is is crucial to remember is that there is no right or wrong way to eventually achieve what you want to do. I, I knew that I wanted to work in radio from the age of 13, 14, something like that. Mm. And um, and then I went about it from then, really. I worked on hospital radio as a volunteer, did work experience. Eventually, after about three years of rejection letters, I got them to say yes um, at a local BBC station uh, in Manchester, and when I was there, actually, the the people that looked after me and 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 really, you know, taught me a, a huge deal about the industry, gave me some great advice about if I was to continue in my studies to go and do whatever I wanted uh, to learn, really, and not worry about media or journalism or broadcasting or whatever it was. So it's interesting that in that intro you mentioned Hull because that's where I went to university and. And actually, my my support of Hull is actually of Hull FC, the the rugby league team, rather than the rather than the football team. Although I keep an eye out for for Hull City as well. Yeah. But um, and I studied French at university. I studied French and business, and and got a degree in that. And then I went on and did a postgrad in broadcast journalism. And when I left that postgrad, I applied for jobs in sport. Uh, both uh, in the independent sector and at the BBC and didn't get any of them, not one. I think I may have had an interview for one of them and that was it. Um, And there was a job going to be a continuity announcer, which is the the voice that you hear in between the programmes introducing, you know, EastEnders and MasterChef and whatever. And I I applied for that at the BBC and got it. 
um, because they wanted a northern voice to appeal to the whole of northern England, which is ridiculous because obviously there are lots of different dialects. Um, and I got that job. And then once you've got the, your foot in the door, it's then what you do with it. And I was rubbish as a continuity announcer. I <laughs> <laughs> might say I'm rubbish now, but I was rubbish as a continuity announcer. And I, um, uh, I actually um, uh, applied to go on what, what's called an attachment within the BBC, but it's like a loan to Radio Newcastle to be their cricket correspondent for six months. So I travelled home and away with Durham, reporting and commentating on Durham, came back with a bit more confidence, had another two years as a continuity announcer, and then there was an advert uh, from Radio 1 that they wanted a sports reporter, and I applied for it and got it. And then it kind of snowballed from there, really, working with Sarah Cox, Scott Mills, my own shows on my own and with, with um, Comedy Dave, as he was called. And after 10 years of being on Radio 1, which was always my dream to be on Radio 1, I'd started to do a little bit. I'd done a few final scores. I'd done a bit of rugby league. Um, and then I joined five. I did, did some 606s as well. And then I joined Five Live permanently. Um in the February of 2010, and I think I probably started Match of the Day 2. Uh, this is my seventh season of doing Match of the Day 2. So what so my first season would have been 2012-13, I think. And then various other things have followed from there. So that's kind of the path. But as I say, you know, that path, as you have discovered from talking to other people, is different for every single presenter and journalist. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And and if you were to um, sort of go back and advise a younger version of yourself, is there is there anything in particular that you would you would say that that perhaps might have got you uh, to where you are now, say uh, uh, quicker? Was, was there was there a a, a short a, a route or, or or path into into what you're doing at the moment, or was it just a case of you know you, you just got to you know do the hard graft? There's there's no shortcut. Um, you know, yeah. essentially that's it. It's just it's I just. Think, hard I work. think that's exactly. It. I would. Um, yeah, I would say don't rush. That mm-hmm. is actually the that is actually the key to it, and um, not to not to worry and not to panic and not to um, stress yourself with not getting the job that you wanted to get at a certain period of time because mm. there are other ways to eventually get there and you might get there two or three years later than you planned. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not. It's an industry where it's very, very easy. Mm. Even now, even now in my mid-40s where it's very, very easy – to get disheartened and worried if you don't um, get uh, a job or a show that you want to present and it goes to someone else and then you start Mm. to worry. So whether you're 18, 19 and starting out, whether you're 27, 28 and sort of on those early steps and looking for the next move or whether, you know, you're an old fart like me and trying to (laughs) see... Trying to stay on, mm. you know, lots of those concerns will never go away. No matter how secure it might look from people on the outside when they look at what you're doing. Mark, before um, I ask my question, can I just say you're just a legend? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't feel like one. Thank you. <laughs> no, but the question I want to pose to you is: um, you, you know, mentioned that you've been um, hosting Match of the Day for for seven years now. Do you still get pre-match nerves? <laughs> should I say, like um, before you go on no, air? No, I, I mean it depends. Um, it depends what the show is. It depends what the circumstances. So I'd say that there are still um, butterflies before doing one of the FA Cup draws, for example, when you do those early round FA Cup draws and you're out on location and there are lots of people around and you've got lots of interviews to do as well as then do an FA Cup draw. Mm. I think they're the ones where you feel as though you're a little bit out of your comfort zone. But I think it's really important to be out of your comfort zone, you know? Mm. Um um, but in the main, in the studio, when doing shows, more often than not, I'm 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 calm about it, and just I've been doing it for long enough to know that actually I can just relax and enjoy it. Now, mm. if I've got if I've got a newer pundit or two new pundits who haven't done it before, then that that ups the game a little bit because you're in many ways trying to guide them through those first couple of shows so that mm. they calm down. Mm. What's always fascinating to watch, and and this is, I think this is really important for, I think it's really important for me in these situations is 
um, I, I've done it for seven years and you're comfortable with it and you're in a routine of it. You know, I do I do 34 maybe a season, 30, 34 a season. Mm. So it, it becomes in many ways second nature. But if you have a new pundit or a newish pundit or even someone who's still playing but they're making a guest appearance, when and we do it live, by the way. It's not recorded. It's always live. Mm. When they hear that theme tune, I've... You know, I've seen some of them grab the side of the chair and the knuckles go, you know, white and yeah. and that that, wow. that sort of, because realization, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's an iconic it's an iconic theme tune and you're about to do, you know, match of the day or match of the day too. So I think it's um, uh, it's always important that even if I'm not feeling nervous, to recognise that some people alongside me might be feeling yeah, nervous yeah, at the start of their punditry career. And how is it working with Ian Wright? Sorry? How is it working with Ian Wright? How's it work with Ian Wright? I love working with Ian Wright. And firstly, <laughs> after every show that we do, whether it be TV or radio, because we do a lot of Five Live together, there is normally a little WhatsApp conversation that ends with us both sending each other a heart emoji <laughs> and, uh, and telling each other that we love each other and love working with each other. So, That's great. Um, that, 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 hopefully that gives an insight into our relationship. Yeah. And that's indicative to what we see on the TV yeah, because we 100%. see that you guys have a special relationship yeah, yeah, and yeah. we love seeing it all the time. Yeah, well, um, I, you know, there are a lot, there are lots of them that I, um, there are lots of them that I really care about and really like working with. And you know, I, I, I would have loved to have been a professional footballer and was never, never, ever good enough. And my, my way of working with any sportsman or woman on any show, whether it be doing the Olympics or doing cricket or rugby league or whatever it is, is Look, I, and I say to them all, look, you know, I would have loved to have done what you did. I, I, you know, and I have so much respect for you doing what you have done. But at the same time, I'm also a fan, and therefore, as a fan, I might occasionally take the mick because that's what we fans do. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn. I want to learn about your craft and your skill. And I always say to them, look, um, I might push you. I might question you. What I will never do is make you look stupid or throw you under a bus. Yeah. And I think if you, were, if you start with that baseline and know that. I'll take the piss out of you and you might take the piss out of me. And that's absolutely fine because that's what people do when mm. talking, when talking about sport. And, yeah. you know, I work quite hard with them to try and get that relationship. And definitely, Mark, that's what Budge always does to me. Just, you know, take the piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> hundred percent. Now, um, obviously, Mark, we alluded to the fact that you, you know, you, you've got um, and and do different work with, with you know, with different platforms, um, and you, yep. you you often you often got different gigs that you're juggling. So, what I wanted to ask you is that does a a, a standard day in the life of Mark Chapman exist, or <laughs> or or is is every working day very different for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I try and. I try and work five days a week. People seem to think that I work seven days a week, but I try and work five days a week and then have two days off. So the working week would normally run from a Saturday to a Wednesday. Saturday would be five live sport and sports report and everything that comes with that, which is just iconic to me as a show to present and, Mm -hmm. you know, to do the, you know, to think of people getting in their cars still in, in 2000, well, not at the moment, obviously, but normally in 2020, and turning on the radio to hear all the reports and the interviews and stuff, it just, you know, I, the rest of my colleagues take the mick out of me, but it still gives me goosebumps to think I am doing that from a show that I listened to with my dad in a car coming back from United or Sale or whatever it was 30 years ago. So I do that on a do that on a Saturday, match the day two on a Sunday, Ornstein uh, uh, and Chapman podcast and, five, and Monday Night Club on a Monday, NFL on a Tuesday and Five Live Sport on a Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday um, is is the equivalent of my weekend. So mm-hmm. there is there is a routine there, but equally it is different because Monday night might be might be actually you know before coronavirus hit, I, you know it would have been last week had it been at the Merseyside Derby, or yeah. you know Wednesday might be a Champions League rather than in the studio. Mm. Sometimes Sunday match of the day twos are on the road if it's only one game. So. There is, you know, it's not the same thing every week, but I try and stick to that five-day plan. Um, You mentioned, you know, the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. Um, How did that come about? Why was it you two that were selected together to do the podcast? And, you know, how is it working with the 
than well as Steve David yeah, Austin, yeah. who's a massive yeah. fan of the platform that we have here as well. Well, uh, it it came about in that they they want. Um, well, it, it came about actually. David had joined the Athletic anyhow, and I'd worked with him a fair bit at the at the BBC, and I knew that a couple of the the people who'd gone to the Athletic management wise. Um, when they got in touch with me, they said they wanted to create this 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 podcast that was using their journalists and using their expertise and using their contacts to actually tell the stories of what is going on. And that what they said was, um, in very similar way to how the NFL have their inside reporters, and they are the go-to people for certain stories. And so I really like the sound of that. I think a, a lot of podcasts... Um, can no offense here by the way but a lot of podcasts can mm. and you're you're definitely not like this but a lot of podcasts you know can follow the same you know format really three or four people discussing the weekend's football and and yeah. you know previewing the weekend's football and so on and so forth now, there's nothing wrong with that because you get lots of different opinions and a lot of laughs and so on and so forth but i did quite like the idea of using these people who have their sources and then telling the stories of what they understand to be going on now um, in the end, and we always say this, in the end, eventually that might prove to have been incorrect. Mm. But when they give that information and tell that story, because they're so well connected at that moment in time, yep. they are reporting in good faith what they have been told. And I, and I don't think, you know, some of the newspapers do it, but I don't I don't think the broadcast medium do it as much. I mean, Sky have their sources and so on and so forth. But... You know, I quite like using these these really well connected men and women to you know really find out what is going on both at club level and governing level. Yeah, and like to be honest, just to you know buttress your point, when I listen to the podcast, for me, it's taken like podcasting to the next level, and like the raw insight on that platform is just amazing. And every single episode, like I learn something new. Thank you. I mean, uh, and so do I, actually. So do I. And I think that's that's one of the joys of it for me, you know, at the moment with everything that's going on to have Matt Slater on oh, and not yeah. and not and, but not to not to try and predict what might happen. But for him to say, look, in this meeting, there will be this person, this person, this person, this meeting will be conducted in a certain way. And if they are going to reach a resolution, then this number of people need to vote for it. And and I actually think the mechanics sometimes of how things work, you know, we don't do that as often and people still find that interesting. So, you know, I, I quite like the, the difference in doing that show. 100%. Um, now, uh, final question on, on this segment before we move on to the, uh, the next uh, segment, Mark, and that is... Um, to ask you a, 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 a question about the, the book that you wrote uh, back in yeah. tw- uh, 2010. So, so you obviously released your, your first book, which was obviously uh, entitled uh, Heroes, Hairbands and Hissy Fits. Yes, yeah. Um, and in terms of the feedback um, from that book, how, 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 did you, how did you find it? And um, do you feel that that is something that you might uh, choose to, to, to uh, pursue again, uh, writing a, uh, another book? Well, I, I wrote a second book, uh, maybe uh, two years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. which actually um, I was prouder of the second book than the the first book. The first book was very much a whilst the the feedback was fine. Mm-hmm. The first book was very much one of those toilet books, I think, and you can read the chapters as and when, and it doesn't flow. <laughs> and I'm still I still don't like the title of it, and I never wanted to call it that. And what I always wanted to call it was William Gallas shouldn't wear ten. That was, <laughs> that was what he was wearing for, and, and I think that would have struck a chord more with, yeah. with with football fans. But they didn't want me to call it that. Um, where the second book I wrote was all about uh, it was all about kids in sport and family and, and coaching and taking your kids to, to sporting events and is a much well in my opinion is a much warmer funnier book I think mm. than than the the first one so I re- I do like I mean I do like and that one was called the love of the game and mm-hmm. it's very much still available uh, shall I plug it but uh, I, I mean, they are obviously time-consuming to write, and but if I if I had another good idea or something, then yeah, I would I, I would uh, I would mm-hmm. like to, 
yeah, yeah, I would like. Perhaps with the uh, coronavirus, we, I mean, we don't know how long it's going to go on for, so, oh, so maybe yeah, you might that, find you've yeah. got a bit more free time to, exactly. to do some writing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, uh, the, the next segment, uh, Mark, we wanted to uh, sort of review um, the footballing season so far. And I was initially going to say, let's assume a hypothetical uh, scenario here, but this really is 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 uh, an outcome that is very, very plausible and could very well happen. And that is the the season being voided and, and everything sort of uh, ending as is currently. No, but that's an outcome that you want. So <laughs> Liverpool don't win the league. <laughs> so, what, what's interesting, because I know, I know you know, you, you're going to ask me various things about teams and managers and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. is um, uh, even, whether, whether it was voided, whether it stopped now and everything was awarded as is, which is massively unlikely, or whether it con- you know resumes in in June or wherever. Mm-hmm. I would I would quite like to think that my answers would remain the same rather mm. than rather and, and and this is a fault of the whole industry at times. You know, we knee jerk from one week to the next. Right. I include mm. I include some of my shows in that as well. Well, you know, I sometimes call the Monday Night Club, you know, the overreaction Monday Night Club because from one week to the next <laughs> you're overreacting to what happened at the weekend. Yeah. So um I would like to think that whatever happened, you know, if if people listen to that, listen to this in November and the season only finished in October, I would hope what I'm saying is still Still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so. Probably won't, but we'll see. hundred percent. All right. So we're going to kick things off with, um, your team of the season as things stand. So, uh, you know, a football wasn't to be kicked again for the rest of this season. Um, who would, who would be in your team of the season? Start from uh, back to front. So this- oh, oh my God! Right, you want me to? I thought you meant as a. I thought you meant as a club, but you mean actually go player for player for player. What can Mark? Can we come? Me and you have an agreed team of the season. <laughs> so me and you can debate it, and we can come up with a team of the season. Oh right, okay, right, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so who would I? Oh, that is a. Bit- <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll start up. with we'll start with the goalkeeper. Yeah, will we? Yeah, okay. yeah, let's start with the goalkeeper. Uh, okay, I will go. Uh, uh, I will put Dean Henderson in goal, uh, and mm. I'll tell you why I'll put Dean Henderson in goal. Um, one, because in many ways, um, out of nowhere in the last quarter—not out of nowhere—but all of a sudden he's become a viable contender mm. to be England goalkeeper, mm-hmm. which I think takes some doing if you were playing in the Championship uh, last season, and um, and also I think. He made a very high-profile mistake very early on against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whereas lots of people then tried to um, uh, console him, uh, his manager hammered him. Yeah. And it didn't affect him one little bit. Mm. And to the extent where I do, I do kind of believe that he's in this situation where... Um, he he really thinks he could be Manchester United number one next season. And I'm starting to wonder whether Manchester United are starting to think he could mm. be their number one next season. So for that reason, uh, I will uh, I will go Dean Henderson. Good shout. Yeah, I think I'm on the fence because it's a tough one because, you know, the sample size of Alison Becker is not as much as Dean Henderson. But I think the level of performance he reached... Um, when Liverpool, you know, were keeping consecutive clean sheets gives them a shout. But I think solely on the fact of, you know, Henderson's consistent level of performance mm. and the number of games that he's actually played, I think mm. he's played every single game this season. I think I'm going to have to go with Dean Henderson mm. and agree with Mark. All right. Okay. Great stuff. Uh, next, we move on to left back. Oh, left back. I think that uh-huh. picks itself. You you would say Ben Chilwell, would you? <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with Andrew Robertson. Okay, right. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, we'll go Robertson. Fine. Okay. Um, and then uh, left centre back. Ah, oh, now then, left centre back. <laughs> left centre back. Um. Uh, because I want a bit right. Because I want this to be uh properly properly mm. representative of the Premier League. Right. Um, I will put Ben Mee in at left centre back. Right. Okay, that's an interesting um, one. Yeah. Or you know, Gareth Southgate was apparently looking at him for these England games that were uh, that were going to be um, 
uh, called off, uh, or that have been called off. I think he's got an amazing leadership. I think uh, his some of his stats, uh, I, I, and off the top of my head, I can't I can't remember all, mm. but his stats are seriously impressive. So just because I'm 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 very keen that this isn't uh, all Liverpool um, players. Liverpool, City, and the odd <laughs> mm. other one dotted in. I'll uh, I'll put Ben Mee in as my left centre back. So, Mark, you're going to have um, Ben Mee over Virgil Van Dijk on the left. No, I was going to put Virgil Van Dijk in as my right centre back. To be honest with you, because I I was thinking of um, instead of Ben Mee, maybe Gary Cahill, because I think when he yeah. signed for Crystal Palace. A lot mm. of Crystal Palace fans were like, why are we getting Cahill? He's mm. washed up. Mm. And now he's been an outstanding centre-back this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would you would go uh, you'd go Cahill and Van Dijk as opposed to Van Dijk and me? Yes. And I think yeah. Soyuncu from Leicester has a, yeah. yeah. a shout-out honourable well. mention for Soyuncu, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. So we're going to go with me or Cahill? You pick. Uh... No, okay, we'll go Cahill. We'll okay. go Cahill, and then we'll Cahill, obviously go Ted Alexander-Arnold at right Okay, yeah, we agree on that. Are both yeah. of you guys, yeah? yeah. Honourable mention for Ricardo Pereira, uh, Leicester City? 100%. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, and then let's move into the midfield now. This is um, tough. Because it, it also well, what depends you, what on what, you what, what we play in. What are you playing? Are you playing 4-3-3? Yes. Yeah, right, okay, let's go Let's go 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, so who are your midfield three? Uh, okay, well, I'll throw to start with, and then we'll see how else we build it. Mm. Uh, I will put uh, Ruben Neves in that midfield. Mm. That's an interesting shout. Okay, that's that's interesting. I was going to go with maybe Kovacic in in, in the base. Um, okay. One of the most no, improved players of the Premier League this no, season. I'm not having Kovacic. I'm not having Kovacic. Come on. Come on. No? Okay. Uh, I can't have I, I, You know, yeah, I completely agree with you. Much improved this yeah, season. Yeah. Um, but that, that Chelsea midfield has rotated a fair bit. I mm. mean, he has probably been one of the more regulars, but mm-hmm. I think it's rotated a fair bit. Um, I, ju- I just think Neves is a sensational a sensational footballer mm. and occasionally pulls a goal out that is absolutely top, yeah, top. Yeah, wonder strikes outside the wonder box. Wonder strike. So, um, you know, that, that I, I would be quite a strong advocate to of, uh, uh, of Ruben Neves. I'm just trying to get his, I mean, he's only got four goals this mm. season, but I look at what he is, I mean, yeah. his he overall been, performances. Yeah. His overall performances and he is featured in virtually every game in some kind of capacity mm. in the Europa League as well um, and I and I think not that I would for one minute suggest that Wolves are going to sell him but my god there would be <laughs> a lot he, of potential he, suitors sniffing around in come summer absolutely they would they would they would all be all be sniffing around him yeah to be honest i like the idea of neves but there's just one name that keeps flashing in my head and is um the leicester defensive midfielder wilfred Ndidi. yeah nigerian oh, defensive yeah. midfielder okay. wilfred indeedy and i think right. you know leicester's season has been impacted with his absence from the team mm. so i think he he's been terrific mm. right so if you had Ndidi and neves who would you have as a third Personally, I would have had. Um, let, let's say we go with Nevers in DM, and then the two centre midfielders. I'll go with Jordan Henderson and Kevin De Bruyne. Well, so mm. I think you could. I think you could go NDD, Nevers, and Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Yeah. All right then. And okay. I, I guess Kevin De Bruyne is self-explanatory, <laughs> isn't it? The numbers that he puts up, the the performances yeah. that he he puts in consistently, and and when he's out of that team, that, that City team, it looks like they, they you know they they don't have the same sort of uh, uh, penetration and 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 and, and create uh, as many chances without him. Mark, I think Absolutely. it's I think it's baffling that we're not going to have you know the captain of of the you know Premier League winning team that's going to lift up the Premier League in the team of the season with the but asterisk we'll, we'll, next to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, yes, I could. Yes, I could see that. I could see the argument for that. Okay, but, but we'll go with we'll but, go with the three you mentioned. So, sorry, Mark. Just a, a little segue here. Um, yeah. So, obviously, Dots mentioned um, uh, Henderson, and, <laughs> yeah. and we've heard loads of shouts of him uh, being uh, potentially the uh, uh, player of player of the year. 
Do you do you do you, do you echo those sentiments? Do you think he should he should be up there with uh, with 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 that kind of accolade? Well, uh, it would be him or Van Dyke, wouldn't it? I think mm. I can't I can't see it. I, 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 or with the other person that you know with Trent Trent Alexander Arnold being the other one on mm. that. Actually, I mean he. His his creativity is absolutely phenomenal, and when mm. I, when when you when you see him live, and see the variety of balls that he plays into people, not just the crossing, mm. but the variety of balls he can play into people, mm. then um, you know I I just think um, I think he would stand a very very strong chance. But interestingly, I think Henderson's absence for three or four weeks. And how Liverpool struggled without him probably will give him the nod. Actually, mm, yeah, I think I, I think mm. think he in the sense of he's very understated, very underrated, mm. just very uncomplicated. Just does his job and and goes home, um, and um, often doesn't get noticed for that. Thank so you, I, I, I mm. think um, I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't win it. Yeah, and a lot of bitter fans will not be happy when you know <laughs> Henderson does does win that PFA uh, Player of the Year, uh, uh, Mark. But yeah, we'll we'll keep quiet about that one. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so back to the, the team of the year now. Um, who are we going for to spearhead the attack of the front three? Uh, well. On if you were looking at simple goals scored, you'd go Vardy, wouldn't you? I can agree with that. I can I can hear that mm-hmm. shout of Vardy up front. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to if you're going as the number nine mm-hmm. before you get before you get to who's around him, yeah, you're going you're going Vardy, I, right? I, I can agree with that. Yeah, uh, um, you you would have an honourable mention for Aguero, who's only yeah. three goals behind him. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you you also have a nod, uh, certainly not in the team, but you give Ings. Abraham and Calvert-Lewin yeah. uh, a nod as well. Calvert-Lewin for his remarkable improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham for his season as a whole. They both scored the same number of goals. And Ings, who it, it would be harsh to say, has carried Southampton. Yeah. But, yeah. but when Southampton needed that bounce back and that boost and everything else that came with it, um, Ings was the one who kept scoring to help them climb the table. So, I think you'd have a you'd have an honourable nod for for all of those, but I think if you if you're just going for who's going through the middle, and who's mm. going to score you goals, you would say Vardy. But oh, these things are always very difficult because you know Brendan Rodgers has said to Vardy, "Look, I don't want you going to look for the ball. I don't want you trying to find the ball. Mm. I want you on the last on the shoulder of the last man, and we'll find you and mm. stay in the penalty area." So, what you would have to hope is with the midfield that you've got they will find him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think just, you know, I just want to mention Jimenez at Wolves and mm, Aubameyang at Arsenal, who's yeah. literally carried carried that team this season. Mm-hmm. But I will agree with Mark with Vardy up front. Okay. You can still play Aubameyang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, can, he, yeah. he has been pl- <laughs> uh, playing out on, on the left for Arsenal, hasn't he? Um, so you could, you could then go Mane and Aubameyang if you wanted to. Mm. You can, but... Or you could, I mean, or you could go, you could go Sterling and Aubameyang, or you could go Sterling and Mane. Or when we're recording this, Raheem Sterling has actually had a bit of a difficult, yeah, two two months. Yeah, so what? Yeah. So so, and this is the you know, this is the dilemma for for so many managers. Do you go? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter his recent form. When we're putting this together, if you go back to what I said right at the start, it should be yeah. as relevant. Remember, his recent form doesn't matter. For what Raheem Sterling does, he's in every time. Mm. That, they're, the, they're the dilemmas, really. Yeah, I think Mane on the left, I don't think that's much of a debate for me. Personally, I think his performances at the start of the season, all the way to you know the middle of the season, I think he was the best player in the Premier League. And I think on the right, I'm going to counter your opinion and I'm going to go with Salah. Mohamed Salah. Right? Mm. Do you, want, do, you, do you want to guess who uh, who Dot supports, Mark? I know. <laughs> 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 I you didn't suggest Firmino then when we no, were talking no. about <laughs> <laughs> Right, fair, fair play. Oh, so, so you want, 
want Salah and Mane, do you? I do. I just think that's, you know, the best wide partnership in Europe. And I think you have to play them in the same team. And I think, to be honest, they've been amazing. I think Salah's three goals off the golden boot again. So he's been outstanding. Uh, now, now, what am I meant to do for the sake of the pod? Am I meant to go, come on, <laughs> Basically, no, Mark, we'll go with we'll go with your one. We'll go with your one. Um, so what, Mane and Sterling? I think Mane and Aubameyang. Mane and Aubameyang. Yes. Okay. All right. A bit of a lethal attack there. You got pace. You got power. You got uh, creativity. Guile. Finishing. And then, but then why? Why from the Liverpool fans' perspective? Bear in mind, if you've got Aubameyang on the left, why would you have Mane over Salah out of interest? Mm. Because Back. I feel. I feel that Mane has performed to a better level consistently this season. Okay. Fair point. All right. We'll uh, do that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so we're going to move on now. Um, the next question we wanted to ask you, Mark, is uh, which team have, um, I guess, impressed you slash surprised you most so far this season? Uh, the well, I think the two teams I've enjoyed watching more than more uh, away from the obvious, obviously, um, uh, Wolves and Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved, and I love going to their grounds as well. Uh, the proper old school atmosphere, vibrant, bouncing, mm. enthusiastic, back in their team. Um, I think watching those two teams this season, both in in the flesh and actually just you know in a match of the day studio uh i have loved watching them they're the two yeah the team that um has surprised me the most is actually a team that surprised me for all the wrong reasons actually and it's west ham i think (laughs) (laughs) at the beginning of the season i was you know tipping them for a charge for european football and i think the way it's gone this season it's just not good enough and the club seems to be in a mess and they're not sure or entirely sure as to what they want you know going forward even though it was early in the season, they were they were sort of sniffing around European exactly. football yeah. until Fabianski got injured and then the world fell apart. Exactly. Mm. And he's come back and he hasn't been great. No. So, no. Yeah, uh, that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, because obviously I like to be positive, guys, I will go Wolves and Sheffield United. <laughs> Sometimes I like to be negative, Mark. So <laughs> I'm going to stick to being negative. There we have. I mean, at least we've got a little bit of a balance there, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, in terms of uh, manager, which manager would you say has has surprised or impressed you the most? Would it be oh. the managers of of those two clubs that you mentioned, or um, would it? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they've. Um... I don't think they've surprised me mm. in the sense that um, um, I knew. Obviously, I, I you know I've seen Nuno for a, for a couple of years at Wolves, and actually I watched a fair bit of Sheffield United in the Championship last season. So I don't think they've necessarily surprised me. I just think um, I just think they've got two teams playing great football. Um, I think. Um, I mean, do you know, you, you look at you look at several of them. I suppose it, I, I suppose if I was going to say one manager who has exceeded what I thought he he would do, mm. then I would say Brendan Rodgers actually, yeah. because you know I had heard uh, and and a lot of people had heard that that wasn't the easiest dressing room because of those who had won the title and mm. those who are are much newer mm. and how you sort of bring that together and meld that together uh, and get the best out of them. And and his man management seems to have been as impressive as the football in the main that he has mm. got less to play. So I, I would I would probably say him as 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 surprising, but again in a good way. Yeah, I think Brendan is, is a top manager and I've always been his biggest fan. Fair, yeah, fair. I'm very I've been been very impressed with them and when i've visited that club as well wow the positivity around that place it's bouncing isn't it yeah brilliant but everybody from you know from the fans to the players to the you know the stewards you know everybody everybody so so positive it's great Mm. fair point and and finally um if you could pinpoint one player who has you know you, you you've seen this season and you've just been absolutely amazed and wowed by their performances consistently um who would that player be oh wow that's a that's a good question 
Mark, do you need some help? I can, I can throw it <laughs> in there, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've already said it, really, and that's and that's Alexander Arnold. Okay. And I would I would go back to, you see him in the flesh, and um, his positional awareness going forward. And I've I've spoken to former players about this about. Um, his appreciation of space and where he needs to be to deliver the cer- to deliver certain balls, and if that cross isn't on, his ability to whip it into the feet of Firmino, as an example, mm. then his his consistency. Mm. And I know most people would always go for an attacker or an attacking midfielder or whatever, but he he is the one you know that I've been unbelievably impressed with this season. Wow. Yeah, I echo your your views, Mark. But for me, it's been um, Adama Traore. I just think he's <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's his improvement has been amazing, and mm. I think he's gonna be going on to bigger and better next season. But um, on a serious note, Mark, um, obviously, you know, there's been talks of you know finishing the season by June the thirtieth. Um, Obviously, you're connected to the big bad bosses in the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> what what are you hearing at the moment, and what's your initial feeling on um, this? Uh, my initial feeling is that in the last uh, in the last week, and maybe this will change again depending on depending on uh, figures released on how many people have coronavirus and how many people have sadly died from coronavirus. But my my feeling is that the the mood the the mood of all the competitions has been we will finish this season at some point mm-hmm. now if it if it then turns out that we are finishing this season in september then so be it because for for a whole variety of reasons that include you know lawyers and broadcasters and you know this that and the other um I think I think the feeling up and down the leagues is we have, and that's in England because in Scotland I'm I'm told it's slightly different, but in England that um, it's important to finish. And if that then changes what we do next season and how we sort next season, then then so be it. The most important thing at the moment is to get this season finished, and that's all I'm hearing. And mm-hmm. and you know I know they've put another date on it of the end of April and stuff. Um, I, don't, I mean, I, I just can't see that happening, mm, obviously. Mm. Um, and um, it will, it will take, it will take time. But what they are doing is they're not, they're not being definitive. They're not saying, you know, this is a definite. They're just buying themselves time, and I think that's all anybody can do at the moment mm-hmm. is buy themselves time if they can. So, do you think there's a possibility that we may see like a 19 game season next season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a possibility that that something ne- that next season will look different to this mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. because of, because of time constraints. Equally, it might not. It might throw in, you know, and I'm just throwing these off the top of my head because you know this is, I haven't spoken to about you know, but it might be. Premier League clubs don't play in the League Cup. Premier League clubs don't, mm. or you know, yeah. the FA the FA Cup is. You know, it changes or changes its format slightly to fit yeah. itself in, yeah, or what? Yeah. What? Whatever it, whatever it may be, I think there might have to be some creative thinking for next season. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's um, as you mentioned, it, it does really seem that that is likely to be the direction that things go in uh, with regards to the Premier League um, ending, and, and that being the. Um, um, the outcome. Uh, we, we recently uh, spoke to um, the chairman of, of Tranmere Rovers, Mark Palios, and he was yeah. uh, speaking to us in depth about the, the, the financial implications mm. that, um, that the coronavirus has had and, 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 and on match day revenues and the ability of, of, of clubs uh, lower down the football pyramid in terms of paying staff and, and that kind of thing. And, and we've seen so many examples of, of, of players at different clubs being asked to take pay cuts um, and, and that kind of thing. Being so made it, redundant yeah, as well, Bridge. Hun- Hundred percent. Um, so it seems like the you know that finishing the season is 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 going to be sort of really really crucial to the survival of of a load a, a load of these um these these different yes. football clubs. So, yeah, I think so, so. Yeah, you know, so so it will be really interesting to see how how this plays out. And and as you said, um, you know what what that means then for uh the next season and the competitions that uh you know each of these clubs are, are going to be in. It's going to be uh, very very uh, interesting times. Uh, so yeah. we, so so we so we we wait uh in anticipation. 
description for uh, more details on that. So yeah, yeah, and also and also from our point of view, you know, as 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 fans, um, there's no rush. You know, they've mm. got to get it right. The mm. rush comes from the financial viability of a lot of these clubs. And yeah, that, that yeah, is the, that is the big problem. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Uh, oh, Mark, it's been, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, lad. We, we really, really appreciate you uh, you taking the time out um, to to, to have uh, a chat with us. And honestly, it really does. Um, it just it, it just gives you something else to do in in this time. We're literally twiddling our thumbs at home, yeah, not with not, not much to do. So uh, <laughs> we really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you know, us us having this uh, this chat whilst there's no football on the telly. At least we can continue to talk about it. Yeah, let's absolutely. Let's remember that. The most important thing is, you know, the health of the, of the general public, and you know, we just want to shout out the NHS for the for the wonderful work they've been doing. Absolutely, yeah. 100% yeah. we echo the, those sentiments um, so listeners we, we thank you very much for listening in up until this point in time uh, on the episode uh, just a reminder that you can find our content on multiple platforms uh, Spotify SoundCloud uh, Apple Podcasts as well and if you are listening in on Apple Podcasts please make sure you leave a five star review your engagement goes a long way to helping us build a platform you can also follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore TBG you can follow us on Instagram as well uh, at pod underscore score tbg and you can also get following uh mark too so mark do you want to plug your uh your twitter handle uh oh yeah god uh yeah i'm at mark chapman because uh, i got him very early obviously in fact that was set up for me when i used to do the italian the italian football on channel five and they set up my twitter account for me so that's at mark chapman. yeah uh, and instagram is mark chapman sport and mark's twitter feed is that one of the funniest feeds you will, you will ever follow so <laughs> great content on it's, there for uh, you yeah, great yeah, content and sporadic uh, sometimes i'm very interested in it sometimes i let it go for a while but yeah yeah, yeah. And before we sign out as well, just a reminder, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's the Beautiful Game Podcast. We've got some very, very good uh, interviews on there for you to uh, get your teeth stuck into uh, during this time that you're, you're at home like us, twiddling your thumbs and not getting up too much. Um, make sure you follow, like, subscribe and all the rest of it. Until the next episode, guys, over and out. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.